Welcome to another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Marco, with my lovely co-host, Jessica. How's it going, Jessica? It's going well. How are you? All right. It's been uh, it's been an interesting week, but you know what? It's spring break. Spring break. Woohoo! Woo! It's spring break. <laughs> Nothing more exciting than spring break trapped in your own home with all your kids, not being able to go on vacation. Exactly. After a month of already been trapped in your own home. Yep. Spring break in the age of Rona. Oh, the age of Rona. <laughs> well, we're going to dive into spring break a little bit more in a moment. But first, what are you drinking? I am drinking a rum and coke. And my Coke is a Coke Zero. No sugar in it, which is excellent for my diet. And I honestly have no idea. Oh, it's a Bacardi rum. Is it? What kind of Bacardi? I have no idea. What color was it? Gold. Oh, okay. Bacardi gold. Oh, well. (laughs) Bacardi gold. And then there's a little bit of lime in it to give it a splash of fruitiness. It's almost a Cuba Libre. Ooh. Almost. I know my drinks. I noticed you have something else in your drink, too. I do. I have an umbrella in it because I love them. And because it's spring break. It's spring so break. Woo! <laughs> you know, if we keep telling ourselves to get excited, maybe we will. Maybe. We'll That'll... just keep going with that. That or people just won't listen to our podcast because they're like, think we're nuts. We probably are nuts. Maybe. <laughs> what are you drinking tonight, Marco? I'm having a whiskey. Shocking. I know. I'm having a journeyman whiskey. It's the Silver Cross whiskey. This is this one's a cask strength. And uh, what's really nice about this one is 1% of the proceeds go back to the betterment of golf. And if you ever make it out to the journeyman distillery, they have an awesome 19-hole putting course, which is more... It doesn't do it justice to call it a putting green. Because it's really miniature golf on steroids, but cut like a standard golf green. With rolling hills and challenges, and it's a lot of fun. It is fun. I've been there. It's a good time. Are we sponsored by Bacardi? No. Are we sponsored by Journeyman? No. They've got their hands full at the moment. Uh, They're producing hand sanitizer like mad. They cannot keep that stuff in stock. It's pretty amazing. So hopefully this whole Rona thing will come to an end soon. They'll get back to doing what they do best, making whiskey. I'm sure they make fine hand sanitizer. Haven't made it down there for hand sanitizer yet. No, it's too scary to go into the world for just hand sanitizer by journeyman. No, but I can't wait to go back and get, like, whiskey and (laughs) the food is outstanding there, too. The food is great. Highly recommend it. But, yeah. After I ventured out into the world today, had to go grocery shopping, made a stop at Costco. Are we sponsored by Costco? No! No. Just had to go to Costco. Uh, And that was... There's ever a time to come home after and have a drink. It's after going to the grocery store or the going to the big box store. It's coming home from that shopping trip and all the hand sanitizing and the hand washing and the gloves and the mask and everything. And did somebody breathe within six feet or a mile of me? It's just, yeah, this can be over any time now. Yeah, I don't like going to the store and having it be so stressful or trying to find stuff because you go it's like all right we've made our menu for the week we've got our meals planned out and we're missing three of the ingredients that and i I don't let me revise that it's not just that we're missing them the store is missing three of them so then i'm trying to text with gloves on their vinyl or rubber latex whatever they are trying to text on an iphone 
with gloves on in the store, in the aisle, when people are getting huffy because, well, there's room for three carts to go by. There's not room for three carts to go by and keep a six-foot distance, and now they're mad that you're sucking up space. Yeah. It's just, it's the new social norm, adjusting to life in the age of Rona. Yay. Yay. It's great fun. It's a bit of a downer, so let's let's try to keep this upbeat. We've got a lot of exciting things going on. So, Marco, what's new with Red Arrow Health and Wellness? It's been a busy week for Red Arrow Health and Wellness. Uh, We're getting ready to launch our Red Arrow Challenge, but also uh, Episode 5 of the podcast. uh, You and I were speaking about things that were just that we need a few more details to kick in on the website. Well, we've got that. We didn't mention it in our special sixth episode. Because we had our special guest, Kid Number One, on. Kid Number One. And we wanted to stick basically to that and not get into the nitty-gritty. But the website's up and it's working. The billing software works fine. People can join and become members. That's working great. We've got our our podcasts up and published, obviously, because people are listening to this. Otherwise, it'd just be you and me (laughs) talking into microphones and having the most bizarre couples conversation ever. It's still a little bizarre because now we're having a couple's conversation and yet we know at a later date people are going to listen into what we have to say to each other. Yep. But still, podcasts are up. Uh, they're on our website. They're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and some are showing up on YouTube and not That's all of them cool. yet. Yeah. They're getting there. Our social media, we've had those up for a while. We were kind of populating them set to private just to get them to take off. Now that the podcast is up because we didn't want to say, Hey, you know, advertising, go to our website, which doesn't work all the way yet, or (laughs) go listen to the podcast that we haven't published yet. Now that the podcasts are up, now the website's working. Uh, We took the privacy pieces off of the social media. Most of everything is up on Instagram because we're picture people. I love Instagram. Well, I mean, I'm married to a photographer. So, (laughs) Uh, most of our posts go up to Instagram, but we have a Facebook and it's up. We have uh, a Twitter, which is usually just announcing when new podcasts are up, but they're there. And then most exciting of all is the Red Arrow Challenge. Kicks off on Monday, April the 13th. That's when you start recording what you're doing. Not you know, It's great if you've been working out before. If you haven't, don't sweat it. But that's where you draw the line and say, okay, starting Monday, April 13th, what have I been doing? Record the distances, or in the case of hockey, record your calories, and at the end of the week, you enter it. And then we start a new week, and we do this every week, and you keep going. If you are listening to this later on in the future, and you're like, oh, I missed out, well, it's whenever you started. But for those of us who were there at the beginning, we're starting April 13th, 2020, and we'll keep going. The Red Arrow Challenge is a virtual challenge. It's perfect for life in the age of coronavirus. Yay, the Rona. You know, at the same time, we're also getting ready to kick off the Summer Racing Club, which I've spoken about before. And we're doing it again because it is the primary summer conditioning and fitness program for my cross-country and track teams. And we're going to keep that going. But that one's really, it's really geared towards high school and middle school students The content is very much appropriate to those groups. We extend it down to the elementary. We've got other people, but that's that's associated with one school, whereas Red Arrow Health and Wellness is geared towards a much broader audience, a global audience, 
but also at the same time, mostly geared towards adults, adults who are either trying to get fit, stay in shape or maintain, or also training for bigger, better things, more races. So if you're an elite athlete, great. You can use this for motivation. If you're a couch potato who wants to get off the couch, same thing. You can use this for motivation. The reason I bring up the summer racing club though, is when I put out the flyer this year, and we've been, we're in our fifth year now for the summer racing club. Put on there like we've been social distancing before it was cool <laughs> because we never saw each other. We, we never had face to face meetings. Mm-hmm. And so now here it's like, this is our time to shine. I even put that out to the track team. I'm like, if track ends, we got summer racing club. I'll kick it off early. I'll kick it off in the spring. And this is what we've been preparing for. We're ready. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, thinking as a coach, going, oh, please don't let them shut down the track season. You know, it's it's something I love. I, I know the kids are looking forward to it. I was looking forward to it. Of course, it got shut down last week. It's a bummer. It is a bummer. It's been a rough week. It was spring break. We were not going to have workouts over spring break anyway. So this would have been a week where I didn't see my team. But I haven't seen my team in quite a while. I did send out some workouts and say, hey, here are suggestions. Why don't you do these? Partly to stay in shape and partly so you don't drive your parents insane. And it was things like Movie Monday. And they went and did, were supposed to do workouts and record themselves, especially with slow-mo features. Well, that's pretty awesome. They had a name game they had to do. They had uh, Friday is Freedom Friday. Just go run. <laughs> run as far as you can and feel free. Be outside. Be at least six feet away from somebody else. Who isn't in your household, if they're closer than six feet, run faster. Go look around. Go look for teddy bears because it's a thing. Yeah, the teddy bear hunt is so much fun. I've been out for bike rides and I've seen teddy bears out there. It's sweet. I saw one and a little, somebody had a little wooden swing hanging from a tree. And the teddy bear was sitting in the little swing and it was adorable as I was flying by at (laughs) top speed coming down a hill (laughs) on my bike. But yeah, just trying to get these kids out and clear their heads because there's a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. But heading off on a huge tangent here, the main thing is virtual. You can do the Red Arrow Challenge from anywhere. You can even do it on vacation. In the yeah. event anybody gets to take a vacation again, you can do it. That's true. If we get to the point of the actual summer and you can go on a summer vacation, if it's a winter vacation... Mm-hmm. It's any vacation. You'll be able to do it. Yep. It's also geared for multi-sports, so you don't have to worry about being stuck in a rut. Or if you hate to run and you still want to participate, you can swim or you can bike. Or if you don't know how to swim and you don't want to bike, you can skate. Mm -hmm. You can run. You can walk. You can cross-country ski. You can uh, play hockey. I realize the last, you know, cross-country skiing and hockey are going to be a very small group, but you know what? They can join and participate too, along with the runners and the walkers and the bikers and the paddlers. And besides, it's perfect for year-round because as the seasons change, what you do will change. It also works well with other fitness programs. If you have a Peloton, if you go to a spin class, if you go to a health racket club, if you like right now, a lot of the races that I follow, and I follow a lot, um, I think last summer I was tracking about 160 different events Wow! for my runners and would publish it out to them for my team and then track the results on it. 
almost all of them for the you know for April, May, June, even some of the July events have postponed, have rescheduled for the fall or early winter, or they're just straight up going to virtual races. Great. If you want to do one of those virtual races, that's fine. The miles you do for that count for the Red Arrow Challenge as well. Thing is, though, you're going to spend uh, X amount of dollars just to do one virtual race with them. And you might as well do Red Arrow Challenge also because 10 bucks a month, we're doing this every week. It comes out to what, about 250 a week? Yeah. And it's week after week after week with leaderboards. It keeps you going. And honestly, I love races too. I'm going to do some races this summer, assuming we have races this summer. I hope we do. You and I are signed up for a few already. Yeah, and I'm going to be hugely disappointed if they get canceled. Oh, we even have one destination trip for a race. Yep. Uh, going to be very disappointed if it's canceled, but the miles we spend training for that and also the uh, miles in the race. Mm-hmm count towards the Red Arrow Challenge, which is, you know, it's exciting when you get to double dip. It is. It's thrilling. So get signed up, but there's other things we want to discuss first. So. Jessica, it is spring break. Woohoo! Woo! Spring break! <laughs> spring break going nowhere. That's right. The ultimate staycation. Yeah, it's amazing. Isn't it? <laughs> it's kind of nice where nobody can go on vacation, so you're not constantly bombarded with pictures of everybody's really amazing trip to like Mexico or the Bahamas or something when you're stuck at home. Well, in episode five, which was right, we, we recorded it right as spring break was kicking off. We mentioned that we had launched a virtual spring break uh, Facebook group for our close circle of friends. And actually, like you and I have so many different circles of friends. It was the circle of friends of school friends and friends we had growing up, but all have school age kids. Mm-hmm. So if, we're, if we got other friends listening, who went, oh, I wasn't included. It's like, look, if your kid isn't going to school with our kid, you weren't in this little group. We're, we're not trying to be mean or leave you out. But it was just something fun. And so we had something to talk about because we've been pouring so many hours into keeping the kids happy yeah. on spring break. And so they don't really feel like they're missing out that it's wearing on all the adults. Mm-hmm. So time. we came up with this. Uh, we laid it out. Basically, it was a, a whole list of countries and associated drink recipes. The association was, to say it was loose, was to put it mildly. <laughs> a lot of them were for comedic effect and had very little to do with the actual cultures of those nations. So as we go through these, and we're going to spell out some of these, uh, don't get offended. It's just for fun. It was really to kind of help these people blow off steam. But it's funny enough that we felt like, let's share it this week. Yeah. So. Our friends are getting a really big kick out of it, and I bet you guys will too. Real quick. Let's kind of run through this. We had a larger list, plus people have improvised, but out of this group, here are the places people have gone to, air quotes, you can't see the air quotes on a podcast, but air quotes on they've gone to on their virtual spring breaks. 
first up, a place that sometimes you feel like you need a passport to go there. It's a long-running joke. You know, keep in mind, we used to live in Florida. We used to make that joke there. Alabama. Jessica, what is the drink for Alabama? The Southern Baptist. What is a Southern Baptist? It is fresh lime juice, maple simple syrup, rye whiskey, and a couple of slices of peeled ginger. Nice. What have people been doing for California? California has been white wine. How about Alaska? Campfire nipples. Really? What are campfire <laughs> nipples? Uh, four ounces of scotch, five ounces of hard apple cider, and a few dashes of orange bitters. That's a big drink. That's it one is, drink. It's a big drink. Um, honestly, I don't recommend this drink. We we tried it one night, and it was it was pretty gross. I'm uh, not sure why it was gross. Maybe because I made it. I don't know. Maybe. By the way, those are the the proportions for uh, two. <laughs> that's, that's good to know. Definitely have a buddy to share this one with. I don't know. We, we did have it in front of the fireplace, and it felt nice and cozy, but uh, it didn't taste the best. It's not good. China! China is the Rona Especial, and it's one lime slice and 12 ounces of Corona Extra. Yeah, we did that one. <laughs> Cuba. Cuba is the Cuba Libre, which is what I'm drinking tonight. Nice. France. French 75. What's a French 75? Uh, it's a lemon and one and a half ounces of gin and three quarter ounces of fresh lemon juice, a half ounce of simple syrup, two ounces of dry sparkling wine, such as brut champagne, and nice. you mix it all up. And then you drink it. I got a question for you. What is probably the most famous movie in which the French 75 is mentioned or served? I have no idea. Oh, Casablanca. Do they drink those in there? Yeah. Oh, I thought they were just drinking whiskey. The listen, no, listen, listen closely. Uh, listen closely. One of the characters orders a French 75. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Florida. Gatorade. <laughs> How much does it pain you to have to say Gatorade? Uh, a little. Do you know what they drink at Florida State? Not Gatorade. Noel-Aid. Noel-Aid, that's amazing. That's awesome. Honduras. Honduras is a drift diver. What is a drift diver? Uh, it's some dark rum with fresh lime juice, peeled fresh ginger, um, two slices of lime, and ginger beer. Cool. Ireland. Irish coffee. Yeah, that's simple enough. Yep. Japan. Rona shots. What is a Rona shot? One shot of Japanese whiskey or one shot of sake. How should the sake be served? Served at room temperature. Oh, warm sake. Very good. I am not going to do the voice from Kill Bill. That's unfortunate. I know. Italy. <laughs> uh, Negroni. 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 Really? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Kentucky. Mint julep. Of course. Yeah, we actually did this one, and some of the things that people have been doing with these, when they post their pictures to the group, it's what they're eating for dinner, or they're getting dressed up. We did Kentucky, and the kids helped us out with this one. We shot an uh, iMovie trailer for the Kentucky Derby. The horses were all Lego horses. Intermixed with pictures of us dressed up betting with Monopoly money, or we had kid number two was betting with hand sanitizer, and kid number three, <laughs> he's standing there, he's got his little derby hat on, and he's waving around toilet paper. 
Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah, that's pretty much my favorite thing ever. Especially when kid number four, and she's just a little three-year-old, is standing at the end, very excited, holding up her Monopoly money. She got to be the big winner. Yep. Big cheesy smile. Louisiana! Sazerac. Nice. One of my personal favorites. Mexico. Mas tequila. What is mas tequila? Two shots of tequila or mezcal. Mas tequila. Michigan. It's a pure Michigan. What is a pure Michigan? One made in Michigan craft beer. Or wine. I've been seeing a lot of that posted. I wonder why. Oh, wait, because we live in Michigan. We have lots of access. New York. The Manhattan. Makes sense. Scotland. The Rob Roy. Is that because Braveheart doesn't have a drink? <laughs> Is there a Mel Gibson? I think that would have to be from Australia. True. All right, South Carolina. Summer Storm. What is a summer storm? Four ounces of aged rum, three ounces of pineapple juice, one ounce of lime juice, three ounces of ginger beer, two teaspoons of agave syrup, and one egg white. And you guys, this was so good. We made it the other night, and it was just absolutely delicious. Is all of that for one drink? Yes. No. No? Nope. No. <laughs> well, I <laughs> I guess one really thirsty person? Yes. It's me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, that makes, that makes two drinks, sweetie. Well, that's good. It's good to share. It's also good to not share. In terms of improvising, some of the other states that weren't planned but have been showing up, Texas. Tito's Vodka. Side note, Tito's put out a press release that their vodka is too weak to kill coronavirus, <laughs> which has led to a lot of other jokes amongst those yep. of us in this group. Missouri. Mick Ultra Pure Gold. I'm not sure why they chose that for Missouri, but okay. I don't, I don't know why either. Sweden. Absolute Cosmo. Yeah, that makes sense. Northern Ireland. Jameson and Sprite. Okay. Which is like a Jameson and ginger, but less gingery. Right. All right. And St. Croix. La Croix Seltzer Water. Or La Croix. We're not sure how to pronounce it. Or La Crocs, like yes. kid number three likes to call it. La Crocs. I feel like we do have to stress, though, this is a group of adults with children that are of school age. They're all of legal drinking age. If you're under 21 or whatever the legal drinking age in whatever country you're in, please don't drink. And if you do drink, and you are of age, drink responsibly. Definitely. But we're all home. No one's going out driving. Nope. Saving lots of money on gas right now. It's amazing. If you want to replicate this challenge, have at it. Go for it. Whatever it takes to help everyone get through this, because we will get through this. We're going to come out on the other side. No idea how long that's going to take, but the Rona will end eventually. Jessica, that's what the parents have been up to, usually in the evenings. I don't know. Some of them might have been doing it through the day. I did see Sometimes. Day drinking is definitely a fun thing to do. Oh, I saw a meme out there going, in about 20 years from now, we're in big trouble because we're going to have a generation of kids raised by day drinkers. Nice. (laughs) I know for us, it's been an evening thing, and we we planned this out in advance, and so everything kind of matches what we're having for dinner. But that's been our entertainment in the evening with the other adults. 
What have the kids been up to this week? How have you been keeping them busy? Uh, we've been doing a lot of art projects, a few science experiments. What kind of art projects? We have done, there, there are a couple of artists and illustrators who are doing virtual classes right now, and we've been following along with some of them. What's a favorite? Um, Mo Willems, the author and illustrator for fabulous books about a pigeon who sometimes wants to drive a bus and sometimes he wants to eat a hot dog. And uh, he's also written the Piggy and Gerald books, which are excellent. Piggy and Gerald. And my favorite, Nuffle Bunny. Yes. Um, Anyway, so he's had a bunch of classes. He does them every day for, I think they're about 30 minutes long. And he doodles and he teaches the kids things while while he's doodling and he goes over some of his past artwork and his process and how he how he creates things and it's really cool where can you find those youtube yay youtube yep you know what else you can find on youtube well i think you can also find them on instagram you know what else you can find on instagram and youtube us 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 all right science experiments you mentioned that what kind of science experiments have you been doing this week uh, you know, we're, you're standard. We made a volcano. It exploded. It was fun. We have a book of um, little kids science experiments. So we've just sort of been working our way through that. Any other noteworthy experiments? Slime. Kids love the slime. We've had glitter slime. We've had bumpy slime. I hate slime. It's disgusting. It gets everywhere. Kids love it, though, and it keeps them entertained. And to borrow a line from a famous movie. And then... <laughs> They've been playing with Legos. We are having um, massive house building contests with the Legos right now. All, the, all three of the bigs are, are building mansions with art rooms and libraries and swimming pools and like built-in zoos and astronomy tower. Like it's completely insane. Kid number one, I went and looked at the sprawling mansion she had built out of Legos, and one room was the fire room. <laughs> and it was almost like out of, I guess she'd been watching um, History Channel with me about how the ancient Romans used to heat up the bathhouses in the warm water, and they'd be stoking fire. So she had one room, and they have all the little Lego flames, and she put them all on one section that's supposed to heat up the whole house. So it's a giant fireball of a room <laughs> heating the whole house. The bathroom's right above it because she's like, you never want to be cold when you're getting out of the tub. It's true. It is true. Uh, you might be cooking yourself <laughs> boiled, but... <laughs> Maybe it's like the frog in the pot. You won't notice. Maybe not. But... Or you could be like the lobster. Yeah. Clawing, trying to get out. <laughs> so the big three of the four have been busy with Legos. What's kid number four up to? Kid number four is working on potty training still. Where um, are we at? We are like 90% there. We are working on staying dry for naps and bedtime at night. And we also this week have transitioned her from her little teeny tiny squatty potty that sits on the floor to a potty ring that sits on the big toilet. And that is a really big deal in our house. It is a huge deal in our house. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the little squatty potty little kid ones, it looks like a doggy dish. Yep. <laughs> it might have been a water dish in the bathroom that she just likes to hang out on. But, you know, she's she like 
actually several other kids and many kids out there are scared of the big body because they're afraid of falling in. Yep. Uh, they don't at first like the little sizing rings either. So her moving up to that is a big deal to us. She's going through nap now and she's staying dry, dry in big girl undies. Every so deal. often she makes it through the whole night dry, but still wearing pull-ups because we don't want to do that afraid. much laundry. Yeah. So it's exciting times for her. Definitely. She's so proud of herself. The it's level so of excitement though is, you know, it's relative to what's going on in the world and, you know, being trapped in the house. Yeah. So <laughs> this might, this might be really funny to listen to in a few years from now. Celebrating buddy. <laughs> well, it might be just completely mortifying when she listens to this. Well, that's why we're not using names. Yep. Uh, she she knows she's kid four. She'll figure it out. True. What have you been up to? Um. How are you passing the time on this spring break? Oh, I'm making masks. I'm making coronavirus masks. Okay, thanks for clarifying. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we do have a lot of hockey going on in this house. Are you making Jason masks? No. Or um, can you make a Corona mask that looks like a Jason mask? Probably. They make fabric for every occasion. You can get your favorite sports team. You can get your favorite band. Favorite um, fictional mass murderer of you, I mean, summer camps? I would camps? not be surprised to see it. I really wouldn't. Um, all types. There is a website out there where you can actually upload a picture, and they will turn it into fabric. So if you really wanted to have... Serial killer fabric, you could make it happen. I mean, I'm just playing around, but it would be kind of cool. Make it a little bit. <laughs> no, I've been making a lot of um, coronavirus masks. So I'm making some for us. I'm making some for my parents. I've made some for my niece and my nephew. Great. Great fun. So it's a lot of work. I was not happy to... I'm not very good at sewing. And I, I saw the mask pattern and i thought this is going to be great it's not going to take very long at all to make this and that was wrong i have a batch that i've been working on and this is day three of it and they're not done yet i think one more day and then i'll be done with those 13 masks that's not bad for someone who doesn't sew very often i guess marco what have you been up to during spring break i've been putting in a lot of work in the office on the computer not only for work work but also working on the podcast on our website and getting our social media going and also kind of wrapping up track, kicking off summer racing clubs, so all those coaching duties. So it's been it's been a lot of time staring at a computer. A little bit frustrating, especially Monday. Oh, the weather was so beautiful Monday. I was beyond frustrated looking out the window, knowing that it was beautiful out there. The temperatures were up. And I'm stuck inside because I've got a to-do list to go on. And so this week has not been the best for exercise. It's not really my what I would want for a tune-up week right before the Red O Challenge is kicking off. But it is what it is. Uh, things have to get done. Life's got to go on. I'll dive back into working out next week. If I'm a little bit sore, I might have to back off a little bit. But such is life. And I'm probably not the only one like that who who's got to choose between working at the computer or going to work out. Unfortunately, I'm looking at the forecast next week, and it's going to be cold and rainy, and there's some beautiful days this week. But even if I had gone this week, it was going to count towards the Red Arrow Challenge. The nice thing about the Red Arrow Challenge is it's not just a one and done. It's going to be week after week after week. So if you have a bad week, it's not like, oh, I messed up my race. We got one again the next week. We're going to keep going. And there's the cumulative totals. 
and there's also the weekly totals. So it keeps it going. I did get in some treadmill with some miles, but I haven't been on my bike this week. Didn't get out on my kayak. Uh, kid number one and I did go goof off uh, yesterday and go fishing for about a half hour. But then we went over by a little lake near the house near Lake Michigan. Got out there. I should have worn pants. <laughs> and I say that it sounds like public indecency, but I was wearing shorts. It was 20 degrees colder down there than it was at our house. So we went, we threw out some lines, the fish weren't biting, we were freezing, my hands were freezing, my legs did okay. I'm like, let's just go home and have dinner. So we came home. But that's basically been my week. It's been staring at my computer almost all week, which is not stellar. It's messing with my sleep. I sleep much better when I work out. But the flip side of it is, in terms of balancing diet and exercise, when I work out a lot, I get a little bit more loose with my diet. If I'm hungry and I've been working out, I eat. But weeks like this where I know that I've been sedentary, I'm not getting the exercise in, I'm not burning calories, I really clamp down on my diet and really watch those that calorie intake, try to log everything. So knowing that I, I'm not doing stress eating or nervous eating or binging on junk food that I'm only eating what I need uh, to go forward so that I don't have a backward slide. And this week it's been holding true. I've been staying, you know, if I do put on something, it's like a fraction of a pound, not a big deal. The next day's down and it's normal variability, at least for me. So I've been holding pretty steady and knowing that next week we kick off the Red Arrow Challenge and that'll get me out there and moving. And then I don't have to be the, oh, i got to enter every little <laughs> item of food. I'm going to go get to dinner and just go, well, whatever. I'll just, I've been working out a bunch today and I can go eat. Or I've got a huge workout lined up for tonight so I can just eat, uh, which is a nice, it's relaxing. And it, because nobody wants to sit and have to enter everything they ate. No. But for me, I know if I'm not working out, I need to watch those macros. How about you? How's your workout going this week? Um, it's it's going well. I'm still on my behavior plan, so I'm I'm sticking with that. But it's not been very fun, and it's actually been a challenge because the kids aren't distracted with schoolwork. So I am constantly having to entertain them or redirect fights or whatever. I hear I was going to say because they're not distracted by schoolwork, so you're not constantly trying to help them fix whatever website <laughs> isn't working or what app isn't loading for yeah. their e-learning that we're doing right now. E-learning has definitely had a big learning curve come with it. For the adults. For the adults. The kids took to it, no problem, but I'm sitting there going, huh, I don't know how to work any of this. Um. Anyway, so I'm I'm doing my exercises, but I am not having any fun with it. I'm doing it to get done and have it count. Like you and I have not had a chance to go for a brisk walk around the neighborhood. Nope. You're definitely not coming with me running, so No, sorry. But uh we haven't gotten to go for bike rides. I don't know. Did you ride your bike at all this week? Um, I did on Monday. Okay. I didn't even get to go out. Mm -hmm. But we definitely haven't gotten to go out together and ride our bikes. Nope. Didn't get a chance to get the kayak out. It's still in its winter storage hanging in the garage. Need like this weekend to get the 
kayak out, get the rails on top of the truck so we can transport it. Because I want to go paddling next week. I think you're going to freeze. I'm stubborn like that. Yeah. It makes up for that time that, you know, we haven't had March and April and early May track meets where I stand outside and freeze. So a spring where I'm not out freezing, maybe that's why I decided just to wear shorts to go fishing the other day. Very nice. I'm used to it. So I don't enjoy it. But, you know, maybe it's just to feel spring spring yeah i'm nice and cold it's springtime springtime <laughs> in michigan Woo! spring break spring break all of this leads into our main feature tonight which is about data and performance data and a, a big line out of my doctoral advisor, one of your main professors in grad school was, got data? Got data. So in this case, yeah, we got data. In order to have a successful time, to have fun with the Red Arrow Challenge, you need to track your data. You need to collect it so that you can turn it in at the end of the week because that's how it works. You go, you perform, you track it, what you've done, and at the end of the week, you put your totals in online and see where you stack up. Why is tracking all this data important? Well, a number of reasons. One, it's kind of hard to run a virtual group if you're never going to turn in any numbers. But also, if you're trying to make progress in your life, whether you're it's for fitness, to get in shape, to lose weight, or it's for training. Say you're an elite athlete or a weekend warrior and you're training towards a goal. Whatever the reason, if you want to make progress, if you don't keep track, it's like driving a car without looking at the dash. How are you going to know how you're doing? How are you going to know when things are going off track? How are you going to know when you should be alerted to something that's not going right? How will you know when things are going perfectly? Tracking your performance with data becomes that dashboard. So the Red Arrow Challenge is set up to help you track, keep track, look at what you're doing. So you don't end up like, well, I know in my case, I used to go, well, I worked out. I just worked out recently. And then you go back and look at the calendar like, wow, it's been three months since my <laughs> last workout. Uh, that's kind of how I ended up to be over 300 pounds. Or sometimes I was like, wow, I haven't worked out in a year and a half. Every week, you've got to turn in your totals. You've got to track your totals. But in doing that, question becomes for some people, how do I track my data? To help answer those questions, we're going to run down how we track our data. Running and walking. Jessica, how do you track your running and walking distances? Which, for the Red Arrow Challenge, we're tracking in kilometers. But say, if you are someone who tracks your distances in miles, right on the entry form, it has conversion factor. Awesome. Use a cal calculator and switch it over. But your distances, whether miles or kilometers... How do you track your running and walking distances? Okay, so if I'm on the treadmill, the treadmill is going to keep track of it for me. And at the end of my workout, my cell phone is always right next to me. So as soon as I stop the treadmill, I actually take out my phone and take a picture of the dashboard. I like to have that permanent product there of what I did. And then I can go upstairs and on my data sheet that I keep on my refrigerator, I can write down how far I went. Uh, what my speed was, and how long I exercised for. 
And if someone's not as nerdy as you with a data sheet, <laughs> they could just take a photo of the treadmill screen and they've got it. So when Definitely. Sunday night rolls around and they want to put in what they did for the week and add them all together, they can just flip back through the photos on their camera, right? Yeah, definitely. And if they got a really super cool treadmill that only they use, it might store it all. Who knows? Right. Ours is used by a whole bunch of people in the house. So. Exactly. It, it's not going to store anything. Okay. So when I am um, running or walking, I don't run. When I'm walking outside, I have an app on my phone. It's called Runkeeper. And I will turn that on and it will track my distance for me. And it also tracks how long I, I go for. So I can go back to that app after I complete a workout and my data is all nice and in there and then I can transfer it to where it needs to be. And Runkeeper really does, it does pretty much the same thing as all the other track my run, log my run type apps out there. Yeah, I like this one because it has different voices um, that will motivate <laughs> you. Uh, every so often you can set an interval or how, however often you want to be um, given a little motivation. When you're running and walking, what's your favorite voice? It's it's totally the Boston guy. He's great. The one that tells you to go get go get it's, some donuts. Yes, uh, it's like listening to Goodwill Hunting. It's fantastic. <laughs> I always compared him to the guys from Car Talk. Oh, the Car Talk guys. I miss those guys. Yeah. All right. Let's say. Uh, you're going outside, you don't your phone's dead, you don't have your phone with you. What else can you do to track your distances? Um, well I can if I'm if I'm walking the neighborhood, I know how many laps equal a mile in our neighborhood. So I can just count the laps that way and then I can write it down as soon as we get back into the house. Awesome. That's similar to what our kids do. They know when they do their running, they break out the sidewalk chalk and every yeah. time they do a lap, they stop or they kind of bend over Put down the tally mark and then keep going again. Yeah, that's very funny. Marco, what do you do for running and walking? For treadmill, I do the same thing as you. I get on it and go. Whatever it tells me, however far I went, I snap a photo of it so I can look at it afterwards. For running, I have a Fitbit with GPS. Not sponsored by Fitbit, but it just happens to be what I have at the moment. I've had, had several different Fitbits over the years. And I had that Nike Fuel Band for a while, too. Oh, yeah. I, I think one of those. When I was looking at the old track photos, by the way, of like my first year coaching, I've got a Fitbit on one wrist and I've got the Nike Fuel Band <laughs> on terrible. the other <laughs> wrist trying to compare the two. But uh, these days I use my Fitbit, which is GPS enabled. Uh, sometimes like if my Fitbit's dead or I don't trust what's going on or I just want to test the two, I also use the RunKeeper app. And then I just got a new pair of running shoes that have a sensor built into it that link up to Map My Run, which is um, Under Armour's version of RunKeeper. And that's similar to a, a, a Nike app. Way back when I had a pair of Nikes that had like a little jelly bean thing that went into the sole. You had one too. You actually got stopped at the airport once because somebody thought you had, it was right around the time of the shoe bomber had happened. And where were we? we were like in Daytona. Somehow I could get through the airport and you kept getting stopped because I kept thinking you were a terrorist. Yeah. Not that I am, but I mean, if anything, I usually fly with like a five o'clock shadow or a two day growth and just look shady. And you were the sweet little blonde and 
then they find a cavity on the x-ray in your shoe. And what is this? So we're trying to explain the, the technology Nike was debuting where you put the sensor in and it linked up to your iPod or your iPhone at the time. TSA had not heard of it, and they were not impressed with our explanation at T- all. TSA in Daytona Beach had not right. heard about it. I'm sure the guys in D.C. knew all about it. No, that was a 10-minute conversation, and by the end of it, I was completely sweating bullets thinking they were going to make me leave my shoes behind in Florida so I could get on the airplane. Well, my new running shoes are linked up to Map My Run. And of course, I've got routes of known length all over this part of Michigan from coaching, so I can just jump on any of those and I know exactly how far they are, both by runners with their various GPS devices running them and driving them with cars and mapping them on Google Earth. And some of them have been known routes to our program for decades. Yeah, I got options. (laughs) Moving on to biking, whether on-road or off-road, now, you already, we joked about how, yeah, you're not a runner, but you are a biker. So, yeah. Jess, what do you do to track your biking distances? Um, I use the RunKeeper app again, but I have it set on biking or bicycling, I think is what the app says. And I push the button right before I start and take off, and uh, it tracks my distance, and it tra- it actually maps out my route for me, which is really nice because then I can see exactly where in town I went, and it will um, track my speed and uh, my mile times. It will track my speed and my mile times. All right, so that's on your phone. Now, <laughs> there is a safety issue. When you're out on your bike and you're using your phone to track all this, well, one, where is your phone? So I have a phone holder that sits on my handlebars of my bike. Are you wearing headphones? I do not wear headphones. Just wanted to put that out there. No, you should never wear headphones while you're on your bike because you will not be able to hear cars come up behind you and you don't want to be in that situation. Do you have your little Boston guy talking to you while you're on your bike? I do because he's great and I really like the motivation and we're going to go and get some donuts at the end of the biking. So, and I need that. And how is he speaking to you? Do you just have it on speaker? I I do. um, Every 15 minutes or every mile... He pops in and gives me an update of how I'm doing. Nice. Yeah. Marco, what do you do for biking? My bikes have a bike computer, which is has a sensor, and it tracks every revolution of the wheel, and it knows how far I've gone. But mainly I use those for speed, especially on my road bike. Uh, I usually have it set for speed, not so much for distance. I tend to use my Fitbit with GPS to track where I've been. Depending on where I'm going, what kind of ride it is, I'll also use RunKeeper with the bike setting just as a backup in case the Fitbit dies, uh, if I didn't charge it all the way. I want to get that record of where did I go, not only the the flat-out distance, but I like having the maps so that I can log that, look through it, both the RunKeeper and the Fitbit. I can scroll back through and see, oh, that's where I went, or... Boy, I'm getting in a rut. I keep heading south all the time. I need to head north or I need to head east. I need to, you know, go somewhere else. And, of course, I also go on routes of known lengths. If I'm doing uh, various runs, like you and I around in southwest Michigan, there's every year there's the Apple Cider Century, and when you go on the set routes, they're measured. Also, some of the other fun runs, there's a local bicycle club does runs, or not runs, bike rides. They do a bike ride once a week. Actually, they do have some runs too from the running club. 
but the uh, local bicycle group goes out on weekly rides and they have set routes at set lengths. So you can always just do that and not worry about the Fitbit. When our kids go out, they just ride around the neighborhood. So if I'm doing laps with them, uh, sometimes we'll count the laps because if I'm just using my computer and my apps, and they're always like, what lap are you on? I'm like, I have no idea. I'm on mile seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't care about that. They want to know what lap you're on. So I'll just yell to whoever's sitting playing sidewalk shock, mark another one down, mark another one down. And I know how, how far it is around the neighborhood. That brings us to swimming. Jess, how do you track your swimming? I actually count my laps in the pool. We've measured out our pool so I know exactly how long it is. And every time I do a lap, I take a real quick moment and just put a chalk tally mark. And then at the end, when I've had enough, I count up my tally marks and then I enter it into my phone. Nice. What if you're doing an open water swim? I have a Fitbit and it's waterproof and I just uh, turn have that on and it will start tracking it as soon as I start swimming. Cool. And then do you wear your Fitbit when you're doing tries and aqua bikes? I do because I want to have that data after I'm done with it. I want to know exactly how far I swam because sometimes you do a race and they say, oh, you're going to swim 500 meters or whatever it is. And then you, you get in and you actually do the swim and you check out your data later and it's actually different it's not quite 500 or maybe they got a little lazy putting out the boots yeah or maybe it's a little bit more than 500 like maybe well either way 600 um long or short it's lazy because they weren't precise right so i i do want to make sure that the the distances that the run people say i'm supposed to be doing are accurate um but i also want that data for myself so that i can put it in on on my own data sheets Oh, Jessica and her data sheets. We do love them. We have them everywhere. Margo, how do you handle swimming? Honestly, I do the same thing you do, except for with the chalk, instead of doing it every lap, I do it every 10 laps. And I do a count down and back as one lap. So uh, every time I've gone down and back 10 times, I put down the tally mark, add up the tally marks, I know how far I went. Awesome. Staying with the aquatic theme, paddling, whether standing up or sitting down, Jessica, what do you do? I turn on my RunKeeper app, and I set it on to row. Row, row, row your boat. <laughs> yeah, the phone sits in a, like a little waterproof pouch when I'm inside of the kayak. That way it won't get ruined. Super redundant since the phones are supposed to be waterproof. I'm, I'm and, we've more... got, and we've got waterproof cases, and then... Yeah, but in, if they're inside of a little pouch, then they're supposed to float. Because I'm worried I'll accidentally bump my phone off into the lake, and that would really I mean, I'm teasing you, but I also, at the same time with mine, have a waterproof phone in a waterproof case that I put in a waterproof housing that floats, and then I have a a carabiner that I snap onto my (laughs) my kayak, too, or my life jacket, or something, so that it's not going anywhere. Marco, how do you handle paddling? Uh, very similar to you. I'll, I'll use the RunKeeper app, but I'll also, with me, use my Fitbit, which has GPS. I'll use that GPS reading on it because as I head away from the shore, and depending on where the cell phone tower is in, because for the Fit or the uh, RunKeeper app, it's really using your cell phone signal. Mm. 
And depending on where I'm kayaking at, especially if I'm out in Lake Michigan, I don't always get the best reception. It's actually interesting looking at the tracks on it where sometimes it shows me paddling uh, 100 yards into the beach. <laughs> it's like, no. Or starting and stopping my paddling a quarter mile out into the lake. It's like, no, I didn't get out right there and start walking in. So uh, I'll run both the Fitbit and the RunKeeper app, uh, depending on where I'm at. And then also sometimes I'm paddling uh, known distances, like along the shoreline. If I'm going just an out and back with certain landmarks, I can just quickly measure that online or on Google Earth and go, okay, point A to point B is, you know, 20 miles or three miles or whatever it was. And then turn it around. The other thing is around us, uh, and Michigan's been doing more and more of this, uh, kayaking access. As it's become more popular, there's different aquatic trails where it's a set distance between stops. And that they've been installing parks and kayak access and also porta-potties along the way. Porta-potties. Yes. So uh, it's the combination. It depends on where I'm going. Moving back to land, skating, whether it's roller skating or rollerblading or ice skating. Jessica, how do you track all that skating? I use my Fitbit, or I will just count the laps as I go around the ice rink. Yeah, same for me, too. I use my Fitbit, or I count the laps around uh, the local hockey rink, and we know the dimensions of the local, local hockey rink, so it makes it easy. Something we won't do much this summer, but... <laughs> If you were to go cross-country skiing, I mean, other people can, they might have a Nordic track, especially now the really old one. Like my dad had one when I was a kid. I'd get on it every so often and try to do something and usually end up hurting myself. <laughs> but it's not like the newer ones, and I use newer in a relative term because I'm now in my 40s. But the the original set of these, at least what we had in the 80s, didn't have the computer readout to tell you how far you went. It just had the knobs for changing the tension and, you know, had some sort of like weighted lever thing you moved. The ones that came out, I think, in the 90s and so on, had a readout that would tell you how far you went, like a treadmill. So some people can do that. Other people can actually go cross-country skiing, especially when we get into winter, if we get a nice winter. This past winter was pretty mild for us. Other places saw snow. If we were to go cross-country skiing, Jess, how would you track your miles? I would probably use my uh, Fitbit or RunKeeper app. Yeah, I'd probably do the same thing. Or if we go on trails of a known length. I don't think you and I have ever gone cross-country skiing together in the 20 years that we've been a couple. We have not, because I can't stay standing up on skis at all. They get crossed, and then I fall down and into a pile of snow, and I can't stand that. So There's always snowboarding where nope. like your feet are locked in place. Nope. No, thank it you. wouldn't count for cross-country skiing in this competition. <laughs> but uh. And last, but certainly not least, what I'm most excited about having with this is hockey which is me- measured in calories. It's the one that's not like the rest. Hockey is measured in calories. And Jess, what am I saying? You love to watch it. You love to scream for blood. You love the fights. You're just not a hockey player. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I wish you would. Nope. I don't want to. 
The local rink owner would love to have you out there. I'm sure he would. No, thank you. He's got kids of his own that need to go to college. I'm sure he'd love to have us cut a few more payments. We we give him enough money. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice people. But we do give them. love them. But I I just. Oh, a lot of time and money. (laughs) We basically live there. Yeah, we do. Marco, how do you how do you keep track of your your hockey playing? Oh, broken record here, but my Fitbit uh, and when I play, I've been doing it for a while. Not only is it tracking calories burned, which comes in handy when I go to clinics or boot camps. It's like you know, is this really worth my time or effort? And I've given feedback to the guys running it. It's like, uh, I'm here for a workout, and yeah, it, this is this isn't cutting it. You're not even coming close <laughs> on the calorie count or. When comparing other instructors, how am I doing relative to person X or person Y? Well, I burned half as many calories in your session as I did in theirs. But for actual hockey games and not just skills and drills, I'll also use my Fitbit to look at my heart rate and see where the spikes are when I have a shift. And so I can count my shifts that way. So my Fitbit to me... It's just another piece of my hockey equipment for counting my shifts, keeping an eye on my heart rate, making sure I'm staying safe. And it's pretty common, at least through the locker rooms I've been in, when guys get to a certain age, I'd say the girls too, because I've been on the bench where they've had it, I'm just not in the locker room with them, where looking at heart rate, looking at fitness, uh, a few people also, especially if they have an Apple Watch, are texting on the bench. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we're using those uh, for a variety of dashboard type reasons to see how we're doing and how things are going. Awesome. And that gets us through all of the sports that are in the Red Arrow Challenge. Ruby. Before we wrap up tonight, we do want to take a moment and just run down the bare bones of the Red Arrow Challenge. Not we've, we've talked about what the behaviors are. We've talked about what the different athletic disciplines are. We've talked about how to keep track. In episode three, I dove into all the nitty-gritty details. But just now, the bare bones of getting involved in the Red Arrow Challenge. Step one, become a member on the Red Arrow Health and Wellness website. Costs $10 a month, basically $250 a week. Gets you access to the Red Arrow Challenge, gets you access to the recipes, gets you access to all the other information we put up there and that we're going to keep putting up there. Once you're a member, you can log in and get access to everything. Click on the RAC FAQ, which is the Red Arrow Challenge Frequently Asked Questions page. Right at the top, there's a spot where you can create a Red Arrow Challenge username. That's what you're going to use to identify yourself when you're entering your totals every week. You only have to create your username once. Then once you have your username, step three is to enter your data each week. And come back and enter it for the following week. And do it again. And do it again. (laughs) And that's it. Come back. See how you stacked up on the leaderboards. See how how you did for the week. See how you did cumulatively. And keep going. And challenge yourself. Again, remember, 
First and foremost, this is a competition against yourself. Can you beat yourself? Can you outdo what you did the week before? Before you can really challenge anybody else and try to go, I'm going to beat user whatever their name is, you need to be bettering yourself. Otherwise, what's the point? But once you start doing that, you start improving and beating yourself week after week after week, then start looking around. Where am I ranked in this group? Where am I ranked in paddling? Where am I ranked in on-road biking? Where am I ranked in skating? Can I improve my rank there? What's my rank in points? Can I win my age group for the week? Keep using those things. Get excited. Keep moving. Keep moving. Go, go, go. of our podcast. If you guys haven't done it yet already, please hit subscribe so that you can get our newest episodes on your phone as soon as they upload. It's been fun, Jessica. Loads of fun. Thanks, Marco. Ready to do it again next week? Definitely. All right. Night, sweetie. Bye. Bye.